Hi, and welcome to the official PlayStation Magazine podcast. You are listening to Minisode 3, I believe, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm editor Ben Wilson, acting editor Ben Wilson, I should say. And joining me today are staff writer Jen Simpkins. Hello. And staff writer Ben Tyra. Yo. The Ben, Jen, Ben crew are back in the house. How are you all doing? I'm all right. Excited to talk some games? I'm excited to and some nonsense some questions. Yes, today we are doing a Q&A special. Uh, so we recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago, which was episode 122, to tie in with issue 122. Uh, and then we also did uh, an Uncharted forecast. Still a great pun. It is a great pun. Uh, well, 7 out of 10, but that's still a good score. Um, <laughs> still worth looking at. Definitely uh, check those out. Uh, when you finish this one, obviously. Uh, so today we're going to do a Q&A special. So the guys have been posting or, or asking for your questions on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And we're going to pick out some of the best ones and answer them, I hope, in a satisfactory way. Uh, the first one is from Danny Peel. And he asks, very simply, is PS4K a bad idea? So this is a quite interesting. This is a, a, a biggish topic. Uh, we also had Kurt Lewin come in with this as well to ask, wouldn't Sony do better to just have a shorter console generation and release PS5 in two to three years rather than PS4.5? In my opinion, and obviously we don't, there's nothing official been announced. Yeah, we, we, should, have... we should caveat this and say that even as the official PlayStation magazine, um, if it's happening, it's so secret, we don't know about it. And that, that is the God's honest truth. It's so very these hush. are very much our personal opinions rather than, you know, kind of a, any top secret stuff that we know. Sorry, Ben, please continue. I personally think it will be no different than when you upgrade your mobile phone, which will have better innards, much more power. And you go back to an app, it's, it's lightning fast. It just runs a bit smoother. As long as they're not developing games exclusively for PS4.5, then it just allows people to choose whether they want maybe what should be a slightly cheaper console that doesn't do everything that the higher-end machine does. I don't see it as badly splitting the console uh, base as some people do. Yeah, I mean, it's just speculation, but I mean, my impression of what it could be about is is playstation vr of course and and um so you've got the separate kind of processing uh, little unit that comes with psvr right which i imagine will hook up to our consoles as they are now but i imagine perhaps if the 4.5 is a thing maybe it's going to have that sort of functionality and, and processing power like included in it so maybe it'll be an option for like if you're going to be an early adopter of psvr and you don't want to have your little boxes black boxes littering your room then then maybe you can kind of upgrade to that and get kind of a slightly smoother experience like you say yeah i th- i wouldn't expect for them to release specific games for that unless we're just talking specific vr titles what, what about the con- the shorter the shorter console generation question i think i think with the, these days you know the reality is that um back in the day console generations were quite short but with with the advent of dlc and you know live updates etc I think you have to expect now, and, and just the cost, the astronomical cost of making machines mm. and making AAA games, for instance. I think, uh, you know, uh, the idea of a console generation being only sort of four or five years is a thing of the past anyway. So I guess this is the, the, the best replacement for that, if it's happening. I, I honestly think it makes sense in this generation, because really, for with the PS3, it felt like it hit the ground running. Whereas with this, it's been a much slower build-up because it was such a longer console generation last time, I think. We were looking seven, eight years, was it, between... Yeah, PS3 and, yeah. and PS2. Yeah, I think 
a shorter console generation wouldn't necessarily be a, a thing that happens anymore. Like like you're saying with, with games as well, it's it's very much the game that is released now is not really ever the final game. There's always patches and, and you know, DLC and stuff like that. I think that's very much where the trend is going. Um, and yeah, I suppose sometimes it's it's disappointing to get something and then being like, oh, it hasn't like achieved like what it's, it's not like a complete package yet. Um, I think I'd prefer that over them kind of like rushing out something and. and Jen, what what would you most want from or Jen Lee to give you your name that I've just your new name I've just made up? (laughs) Um, What would you most want from Street Fighter Five Point Five on PlayStation Four Point Five? Maybe some more content. That'd be nice. Oh, (laughs) shots fired! Oh, it's getting ridiculous now. I mean, I I mean, the the combat system. I I will I will defend to the death as it is flawless. But that March update, uh, April update as well, like end of March, early April. Deary me, have you guys had a look at it yet? I mean, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to get challenges, which is, you know, just your basic, like, oh, here's a bread and butter combo and this is how you learn it. And then if you pull that off, you kind of tick that off the box and you're just learning how to use your character. And they're like, oh, but also have tutorials on how to do it. Uh, And they're basically just, like, videos... Is this why you've come to the podcast, not in a Street Fighter V t-shirt, but in a Nitro... In a Nitro Plus Blasters t-shirt. Nitro Plus Blasters, excuse me, t-shirt, which is... um, Rather, um, yes. It's, Is uh, it NSFW? It's, it's not far off. Perhaps. I mean, not that it's incredibly skimpy. I'm not sat here in a crop top in OPM Towers uh, for once. But uh, it does have Sonico on the front, uh, who... Uh, isn't isn't shy, shall we say? But you've been saying we won't we won't about um, her assets. We won't we won't go into this for too long. But no, you've been saying dude. that Nitro Blasters is actually misunderstood, right? It, behind the yeah, Nitro Plus Blasters, I think the boobs are so. Is, so is the, are the Sonico, brains. the pink haired cat lady, is kind of like the the um. Ben is the, the shaking face. his head ardently. He the doesn't face. Even want to hear. The face, perhaps, of the game. Uh, and our our prod ed, our production editor Andy, kind of looked over at me one day and he was like, "Have you heard of Nitro Plus Blasters?" I'm like, yeah, it's actually a really fun fighting game. And he was like, "Right, because I've just seen this lady and she." He's got boobs out everywhere, and I was like, "It's not. It's not a game about that. It's not. It's not even as gratuitous as stuff as some of the stuff in Street Fighter Five. Really, it's kind of Sonico is. Armiko is, is quite gratuitous. That's a good yeah, point. well, exactly. Um, well, no, I think Armiko's not as gratuitous as someone like Laura. Maybe right. Laura's Cammy. very one-dimensional. We've talked about this. Yeah, yeah, but like Cammy and Armiko kind of have more to them. Laura's kind of just like a. A piece of sex me, I think we've described as there before. Laura doesn't have too much else to her, which is disappointing. But yeah, but like Nitro Plus Bus is, uh, is 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 slightly more than the one booby lady that they've chosen to feature on the box. Um, I'm I'm having loads of fun with it. But yeah, yeah, Street Fighter Five Point Five desperately needs some more stuff with it. Now you mentioned the word one dimensional, and a reader has <laughs> how dare them sent in the question along those lines. Ben, do you want to ask Jen this? Frightfully rude troll question, which we're still going to ask because that is the that's the realm we're in. This is this is gaining our inaugural troll of the cast award. So Andrew uh, Jarman Norris asks: Is it possible for Jen to go more than five words without saying like Jen? I'm counting. You ready? Go. Probably. I will let you know by the end of this cast. I'm out. You've more words than I can handle. <laughs> but no, definitely not. The, it's... Have we bought a prize for that? Or um, yeah, where's my chocolate? You, would, you, you, you don't get the Andrew, I mean, and, surely Andrew should be sending me a prize now for having for having completed that mission. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, Andrew, I, I feel like. Challenge. What prize are you going to send? I feel like. Then? I feel. I feel like. I feel as though. Oh, no. I feel, oh. Using it properly.
properly. Now, now it's banned. I feel as though Andrew uh, bears the honours of having to reward me for my my brilliant. I tell you what, any any, skills. any likes I hear now for the rest of the podcast, I'm oh, going to beep I'm, them out. Th- yeah, please do. I'm so aware of it now. I'm going to be hyper hyper aware. Thank, fairness, thanks, like, Andrew. No, I I already <laughs> I worked about three days and then started echoing. Um, Ben's catchphrase, and it's a really nice catchphrase. But uh, if you invite Ben to do a review or a, a, a preview or some such, then Ben always replies. Be quite happy to. I'd be quite happy to. He's always quite happy to do. Most He's things. always quite happy to, and he always does it in quite a happy manner. So yeah. He's quite a happy boy. Lovely yeah. sunny Ben. He's just having a. But, time. What, but what he's going to say, I'm resplendently overjoyed to do that, and we're going to be like, what? Yeah, <laughs> just quite happy. We're like mixing it up. What's going on? Well, it's just I've gone on to cinemas.com and thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you just got thesaurus.com open. Oh, that's, that's, that's how I do my reviews. <laughs> Next question, Jen. Uh, yeah, I guess we've got uh, Craig Foster who uh, got on our Facebook to ask why is the UK release of Final Fantasy 15 taking so long? Has there ever been a Final Fantasy game where the release didn't take so long? <laughs> like, you know, uh, genuinely. Is there only a, a Final Fantasy game? They've, never just, like, so they've never just spaffed one out, have they? They're kind of, you know, let's just cobble it together, get out in three months. Yeah, so, but this, is the, this is the magic of the series, right? I'm not a massive Final Fantasy fan, but this is the whole point is they generally, I know they've had a couple of misfiles, such as Final Fantasy Thirteen was, you know, depends who you are. Some people liked, some people hated. But generally, they take a long time to make these games. But most hardcore fans feel they're worth the wait. Am I barking up the wrong tree here? I am not a hardcore fan, so I wouldn't no, be able I to tell No, I think Matt you. Pellet is the, the guy on the team usually. Rest in, rest in pieces. I think. <laughs> wrestling in pieces. Wrestling in pieces. Um, who, who loves his Final Fantasy? I think it's fair to say that every Final Fantasy feels like an event purely because of this huge wait and this huge lead time, uh, especially for the single player ones as well. It's a, Yeah, it's another thing of, of people kind of perhaps being impatient, being like, oh, do we need a, a shorter console generation? Do we need like faster game launches? But I think lately, like if, if kind of the, the slowdown announced by like Ubisoft on Assassin's Creed and everything is proving that um, it's, it's, it's a lot, I feel like it's a lot more worthwhile to take your time with things. And if that means releasing like parts of it now and parts of it later, like your Hitman and stuff, like I think, I think if there's, if there's work going into it rather than like rushing out a complete pro- product, like naming no names, Street Fighter Five. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I have, I have no problem with that. I think, I think, I think Final Fantasy fans like as excited as they are to play 15 they're probably like well i mean if i have to wait a bit longer for it to be amazing it's worth it next question is from genevieve ninjet howell if that is her real middle name then ninjet that is an awesome middle is name. amazing genevieve asks the guy at the game store said ps vita is going to stop being sold and it was a flop that's it harsh uh, are they still going to be making ps vita games so yes is, is the very simple answer to that. You've got... Um, to flop, or are they going to make Vita games? <laughs> uh, no, so Vita games, I know we've got Severed. That's just finally got a release date of April the 26th, um, and that'll be coming. That's from the guys who make Guacamelee. Um, but you've also... There will be PS Vita games coming out. In the last month, I've reviewed two. Uh, Digimon, Cyber Story. Uh, no, Cyber Sleuth. Uh, and um, a cool little game called Swap Quest. So I think in terms of the way the Vita has gone, there is less an emphasis on bringing games out to retail or box versions and more on the store. And there's a thriving little indie community on there. In terms of it being a flop, I don't think... I think it's fair to say it maybe has not done as well as expected. I think mobile gaming has overtaken the desire for a specific 
dedicated handheld console, but it definitely hasn't stopped being sold at our local game just yet. And I see it being around, but just not an important part of uh, a retailer like games uh, lineup at a store. Personally, I I see the Vita um, quite differently. Um, I think probably on launch, uh, the idea was that it was going to, um, you know, have its own big titles and specific titles and make use of kind of the really interesting functionality it has and the touchpads on both sides and, you know, gyroscopes and stuff like that. Um, and I think like games like Gravity Rush and stuff took massive advantage of that. Um, but now I, I, I think the Vita has kind of, yeah, there's there's less specific games coming out for it and it's kind of morphed in its its functionality, for me at least, in that now for me it's it's more like a really useful, awesome peripheral. And that's kind of how I'm seeing it. It's like I'm almost like, oh, don't expect it to be like its own like super standalone console. Um, I think as kind of a peripheral for your PS4, um, it's amazing with remote play and stuff. You're just like, especially sort of narratively like guided games, like Life is Strange. Like I've been seeing a lot of other people on Twitter and I've been trying it out as well. Like, you know, just like chilling out like on, on your sofa or like in bed, like playing kind of on the smaller handheld screen. It kind of feels slightly more intimate and like fun and remote play is great for that although jennifer simkins it is confession time you have been cheating <sighs> i have cheating on your vita i have been cheating cheater on my uh, vita, with an, a vita older, cheater. with an older model i have i have because at the weekend <laughs> something happened when you went back to devon I, uh, no 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 this was in bristol i was in bristol, i was, I was chilling me. in bristol i got home from devon um and i thought oh i'll just pop into planet games and uh i was just having a little look around as i often do to see what what pops up, what kind of like trade-ins pop up and found a copy of Loco Roco for the PSP for like three quid. And then spent three days trying to find a PSP (laughs) charger. And then realised that while I had my grubby old white PSP, I had neglected to bring the charger to Bristol um, and uh, then sort of like went around the office sort of like Oliver Twist with my hands out like please sir can I have a PSP charger and, and you never did find and I, one and I never did find so one so play it <laughs> So no. With well, you can you can buy it. You can buy it on Vita. So I think I might just have to bite the bullet and do that. But it, like having to use that little UMD, I don't know. It, it takes we me back. We should say that, that your um, PSP is well used. Like when when people say like grubby is a cliche <laughs> it's about gross. Everything, but like, this is a white PSP where the actual nub has gone. I'd say yellow. Yeah, almost, the thumbstick just from years of me just like. So you can tell you're not a pretender when it comes to a uh, handheld. Consoles. No, I've put in the hours. I've put in the hours on hand. I do love handhelds. This is the thing, and that's why that's why the Vita. I'm so sad that no one's really embraced the Vita but I feel if everyone kind of like takes a new approach to it and doesn't expect it to be like still blowing people out of the water when it's now kind of an oldish console I think yeah you're kind of finding new ways to use it with your PS4 fu- like functionality it, it's still it's still essential for me like if you if you like handhelds it's a beautiful little machine I think it's time for the next question Jane your turn yeah so we've got Neil Harrison at Neil Harrison 221 on Twitter um, who asks a great question which game do other people rave about but you just don't get it. Emperor's New Clothes Syndrome. Yeah, actually, I will, I will talk about Destiny because I, I, I get the fact that you it works better with people. I get the fact you have loot, uh, which keeps you coming back. I played it for a few hours. I played the alpha when it came out. I was pleasantly surprised by the alpha because I wasn't expecting much. But when I, by the time I got the full game and tried to play with people online, nothing clicked for me. So it's do, just do you, boring. Do you play many MMOs? Do you like MMOs? Um, I, I did not play that many MMOs. Uh, again, because the the idea of committing to a game for hundreds of hours of my life that doesn't have uh, 
cars or balls to put into goals. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I understand the appeal of MMOs, but I've never found myself truly sucked into one. And with Destiny, um, even when people said, oh, the shooting's fantastic, it's like the best shooting on any console, it's good, but I didn't find it as great as everybody else did. If I, you know, Bun- Bungie do good shooters, but that shooting did not just click for me. It's yes, no. It, I I think to be honest, Wolfenstein does shooting much better. I think Bulletstorm does shooting better than everyone. So what do I do? Yeah, that's a fair point actually. Where's Bulletstorm two? Where is Bulletstorm two? Jen, what's your answer? <laughs> what is my answer? My answer has to be Final Fantasy. I don't get it. I don't get it. The thing is, is that I'm a really impatient person, and that, like I'm the same with RTSs. Anything RTS and turn based. If I'm not doing something and it's not happening in the moment, and I've talked about this in the mag before, I think I did Don't Make Me Play Grand Ages Medieval, which is a real-time strategy game. Anything that requires, like, pre-planning and th- and then it kind of, like, unfolds, like, at, at a later juncture, um, I, I can't get along with. I have to be there. I have to be, like, fighting game shooters. I have to be, like, that instant, like, lightning-fast connection of I do something and then it happens on screen. And, like, I feel that's the only way I can feel immersed in a game. And the, the, the combat system for Final Fantasy, just, I could, I could never do it. I could never do it. And I wish I could get into that game because so much of, like, I have, my best friend is a huge Final Fantasy fan and the, the lore... <laughs> And and the lore sounds amazing. The characters are so cool, um, and and I want to get into it. But it's it's about like I wish I could just play the game and not have to do all that turn based combat. I d- I don't get it. When you a big World of Warcraft player, War- World of Warcraft isn't turn based. Oh, I know it's not turn based, but I mean, if you're saying you're impatient, that is a game that demands patience. No, 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 no. I'd like World of Warcraft's very in- instant for me. It's very like. You've got your rotation, like, you know exactly what's happening. It's very much more more like, you know, like, raiding in Warcraft and Destiny, like, feels the same for me. You still get that, like, adrenaline rush, whereas whereas having to do turn-based combat in Final Fantasy just feels like a chore to me. And I've tried, I think I tried eight uh, and nine, uh, and I... Oh, Don't be going after nine. <laughs> I'm impressed that you didn't say Rocket League just to wind better. Ben Wilson, what about you? My choice, um, Jen, like, put your hands over your ears, uh, is... Uh, Minecraft. <gasps> Good shout. No. Just, a strong shout. It, you know, it should be for me. I'm massively obsessed with Lego. I am a 36 year old. I know. I don't. I know. It looked like 30. At least 30. Uh, 34. I you 21, mate. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, uh, man boy. So basically, I love like, you know, those kind of kiddie tastic games. Uh, it, it, it should be in my wheelhouse, as mm. the baseball term goes. Uh, I just just don't get it. I am. Um, Bought it last year uh, because uh, I'm a freelancer now. So, you know, I, I when I'm not editing OPM, I also write for various other sites who I won't name here. But it's sort of a critical time as a freelancer to, to know and stroke love Minecraft because there's, you know, endless amounts of words on the internet about it. Or, you know, you go into your local Dirt Smiths, you'll see bookazines, magazines, all sorts. It's a and phenomenon. I'm, exactly. It's a phenomenon. And I thought, I've got to get into this because, you know, kind of... If, if, in terms of me being a professional, you know, I need to to know it and like it, be able to write about it. And I played it for one evening, and it confused the life out of me. And I thought, how can like seven year olds understand and be addicted to this? What, what confused you so all. much? Uh, the sort of like waiting till I think I didn't build my house quickly enough. So you died. So I just kept dying, mm-hmm. and then when I tried again, I did build it quickly enough, but I couldn't work out how to put a roof on the house. So then I kept dying, and then I finally got to the you know part of the tutorial bit. And then I had no idea what to do because I, I sort of need my handheld a little bit. 
And from quite early in Minecraft, there's obviously all the all the help options there, to, you know, in case you need them. But you're kind of left to do it by yourself and without so that guidance. So what you're saying is Minecraft harder than Dark Souls confirmed. Um, in my brain, yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if it's a, I, I like like structured um, experiences. Like do where, this, and then you'll get the reward. Exactly and then... that. But even a thing like GTA, where it's open world, you're still the bits I I play and love. I'm, I'm never one who, who will go off and you know drive up the mountains and just sit there and look at the view. I always have to have something tangible that I'm trying to achieve at that moment and I'm sort of operating in a tunnel vision mode where I need to get that achieved. And GTA, even though it's open world, GTA is just one example, you've still got that level of structure to it where you know at any one time what you need to be doing. Um, where I struggle a little bit more is those kind of you know RPGs where you can have seven different things to do at once, where like kind of you know you have to keep checking your keep pausing and and checking your you know list of missions etc uh, and then minecraft is like the the very end of that scale where it's like kind of within three hours of playing i was like okay i have no idea what i do next <laughs> uh, next question mic drop uh yeah so ben this one was actually aimed at you on twitter in the twitter sphere andrew really wallace at andrew p wallace asks do you think we'll ever see a decent rugby or cricket game anytime soon and i'll answer that for you yes brian lara 2005 exists on the playstation 2 Get on that. No, there's a oh. better game than that. The the best cricket game you will never play is already out, and it's called Don Bradman Cricket 14, I think it is, but they keep updating it. Uh, really? It's on I PS4. Heard, I heard it was a little bit... It's really good. Oh, okay. 14 a little bit, what? A little bit, or a little bit way... A little bit guff. That's a far show joke. That is a long... You, I mean, were you even born when the far show came out? I don't know why I'm asking that, because the so, answer's so going to be known. So it's, it's 14, but it's still getting updates. Um, yeah, so basically they released... It might just... I think it was 14, actually, on PS3, and then for PS4... They just call it Don Bradman Cricket. Okay. And then they keep doing big updates. And the great thing about this game, so it gets the mechanics down of cricket quite nicely. Um, it's probably not as instantly accessible as the old Lara games were. So, for example, batting is all done on the, the sticks. And it's also contextual. So if you um, try and, pl- you know, if you hold up and right as the ball comes down the pitch at you, um, it will try and sort of play a, a, an uppish Cut if you like. I'm actually doing the motion here, which you can't see. So, you know, we need to do Great a vidcast just for Brian, uh, Brian Lara nearly said then, just for Don Bradman in the future. Um, but yeah, basically, it's all contextual and that can be quite difficult to get grips with when you're used to, you know, Lara, where it's all about your, your timing of the yeah. X button, I think it was. And you, it was you know, X for drive, circle for slogs. Exactly. Um, so that can be quite tricky. But there's loads of really good stuff to like about it, particularly the off field options. So they don't have any licenses. So what they do is they. When you first um, boot the game up, it says, "Do you want to down? Do you want to replace the default teams with the most popular fan teams for each uh, nation <laughs> and team in the game?" So essentially, you buy the game, and England have got like B Tyra and B Wilson and J Simpkins, <laughs> that, not the actual names, um, in case B you buy. And it. L. Uh, yeah, and uh, Moonlight yeah. as a cricket uh, star. <laughs> but then, when you boot the game up, if you accept the, the prompt, and of course you accept the prompt, you download it, and suddenly you have all the uh, you download a fan made version, the most popular one. And suddenly you have all the correct names, teams, kits, the whole caboodle for not just the international teams, but like all the, I think the Indian leagues in there, the Indian Premier League, or that's probably not called that, Australia League, the English League. So, you know, you've you've essentially got the the cricket answer to FIFA, but it's all fan-made. But Mm. because it's fan-made, it tends to be a lot of, you know, the the licenses aren't necessarily perfect because you have to use generic faces and hair. But in terms of their stats, attributes and and so forth, it's pretty accurate to real life. And for rugby... um... Oh, man. 
it's, it's a bit of a wasteland out just there. Just learn American moment. football. I mean, it's a better sport anyway. <laughs> but uh, can I say that? I've just said it. And, I'm, yeah. and I do actually believe it. So there we go. Uh, but no, in seriously, rugby, I do quite like rugby. I used to play at school. Uh, that still, obviously, the classic game rugby wise was PS1, uh, Jonah Lomu, oh, Codemasters. Yes. Uh, Jonah Lomu Rugby Challenge, which came out four or five years ago on PS3, was quite fun, apart from this completely arbitrary mechanic where when you hand handed someone off, it didn't seem to base it on attributes. It just seemed to do like a random number generation inside the engine to decide whether or not it was successful. And I had this classic game, classic for me, I don't think he enjoyed it very much, against Joel Gregory, uh, formerly when I was editor of OPM back in the day, he was deputy editor. Had this game against him where um, he punted a ball upfield. I think it was like three or four points behind last minute. He punted the ball upfield. And if it had gone off the pitch, then he would have won. My fullback caught it inside uh, my 22. So I had his whole team in front of me. And I just run at the pitch holding sprint and holding the, the, the sort of palm off button. And he palmed off every tackle. <laughs> and I scored a try and won. And it was like completely, you know, there was no skill to that at all. And it sort of summed up the problems with rugby games where there's been a few of late that, where the mechanics are okay. But once you get down to the sort of nuances, the really critical nuances of sports games, like how you implement player attributes so they're correctly applied in game, they just don't hold up at all, you know. That's and, and then you get into license territory, but no one would care about licenses if someone made a decent rugby game to begin with. But of late, they've all been, you know, fives and sixes are, are being kind. Well, rugby fifteen got a two out of ten in go. OPM. Uh, Jen, have we got any more questions? Uh, yes, we do. We have one from Russell Guppy at Russell Guppy on Twitter. Um, why are so many games suited for the Vita only getting PS4 releases? Gems of Wars, Dynamite Fishing, and other pick-up-and-play titles. Um, I reckon it's probably down to the fact that the audience is on PS4. Probably as simple as that, really. And yeah. also, I think if they're small if they're small developers... I've got a friend who actually converts stuff from uh, console to mobile and also does a degree of uh, conversion from console to handheld. And it's not the simple process you might think. Obviously, the games still play quite similarly... You know, behind what you see, the code going on, there's quite a lot that needs to be changed for those, even for something to play identically. So imagine if you're a small studio with a limited budget, exactly what you just said, you're going to go for maximum um, interest. So you're going to put it on the main console first, and then maybe if it works and sells well, so you sells well, you might move it to Vita later on. Uh, Rich Widowson asks on Twitter. He's also at Rich Widowson. Everybody's following the very clever Ben Tyre route of just your Twitter handles your name. I like it. I like to think this is my legacy. That's really... Is that a subtle plug for your Twitter account? <laughs> it was subtle. <laughs> uh, what other series should take the Assassin's Creed approach and take some time out to avoid stagnation? What do you think at It's Gen Sim? Um, I would say, given our review of it, that Ben Tyra so so oh, cleverly did in OPM. Don't my answer. Yeah, well, I mean, it's true, right? Like, yeah. Far Cry needs to take some time out to reevaluate its life choices. <laughs> um, Primal, you know, I've, I read your review and I've seen a few bits of gameplay of it. And You're all right. You didn't have to play the game. Well, exactly. And it, it, it's, it's, I mean, your biggest sort of criticism of it, if, if this is fair to you, what you were saying in your review, I think it is, is that it borrows way too much from previous Far Cry's, you know, whole maps from... Uh, it, the, map, the map thing for me wasn't a problem, because you don't notice it, it was the animations. When I came up and like had to do the same mash, mash square to get rid of the uh, alligator from you for mm. the third game in a row. Mm. Uh, the weird thing with Far Cry as well is that that's not a yearly series. You know, it it, yeah. it does come out like in two or a year and a half. So it's intervals. not even like they're turning it around in record time. So yeah. it's like 
perhaps they need even longer to sort of go away and re like reevaluate where the P series is PS5 going. Because <laughs> there was Blood Dragon, right? Which was a really, in I mean, I think you personally weren't like a super big fan of it. I think it was on a PS Plus of a few months back. It's, it's a really, it's a really, really fascinating take on Fire Yeah, Cry. they've done something really like interesting. They did something really interesting, sort of more tongue in cheek, and maybe it didn't like some of the the jokes and 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 the idea behind it didn't land. But it was a case of um, going away and thinking about how can we actually make the experience a little bit more fresh. Um, and I think if they if they took a step back from where they've been going, like oh yeah, let's do this, but like it's a caveman and like everything's the same, but you're a caveman and there's mammoths, so like that's fine and please buy it. And it, it's not good enough, and you can't just reskin games and be like you know that's enough like there should be big I fundamental changes and, and ad, 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 like advances in the combat system and 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 and, and where the gameplay's going and that's that's what syndicate fell down on for me was i was like oh this is a, a gorgeous imagining of victorian london and and there were kind of like newer bits um but it said at its core it was still those blimmin escort missions and you know shoddy tackling and repetitive combat and it's like what what are you doing to spice it up i think far cry perhaps needs to do the same thing in terms of a series well you've had far cry leaving sorry me with sorry nothing i think you both for. had far cry we've, we've, um, we've had far cry you can I'm share on, far cry i can go for a different one no actually let's share far cry team benefit picks far cry so ben you, wilson you also share all my because i've got a multitude of games that are going uh, just basically all the sports games i think i think that whole genre apart from rugby uh <laughs> Is, uh, is at a and point. tennis. So, so I mean, but the idea of, of sports games is a new one's released every year to keep up to date um, yeah. with you know new players and transfers and all this. So, so do, are you thinking that they should kind of take advantage of the new like technology and the trend of just like updating the same? Well, well FIFA update the rosters every week and do an incredible job. Right. Of it. So that so they so certainly in the in EA's. Um, world there's already the technology to do that yeah. now of course the start of each season there'll be new kits etc i thought i'm not advocating that nothing comes out so let's say just using fifa for example let's say fifa uh 17 comes out this year and then they they stop till fifa 19 um i'm not in any way stating say, saying that at the start of next season nothing happens but i think you could do a dlc only pack that costs i don't know 14.99 Seventeen ninety nine, whatever you want to do, a sort of mid range, mid price pack mm. where you get a load of new stadiums, new player faces, new, um, uh, all, you know, all the new team updates. But it's not necessarily a fully fledged full price game. The, the reason for that is um, it's actually because in the example of say FIFA or MLB the Show, they're so advanced now that year on year they're essentially trying to squeeze stuff in that doesn't necessarily need to be there because. In, in a one-year development cycle, you can't really revamp anything. And for, actually, a better example is Madden, where Madden is oh, it's pretty good now, but a lot of its problems are down to legacy code, where they haven't got two years to, to rip certain elements out and start again. And if they change the dev cycle to do that, then I genuinely think, for the long term, it would become a better game, back on the par of what Madden was in the, the PS2 years. Right. Um, and then you, you also have the example of like what Brian Lara's doing, which is Brian Lara... Don Bradman. Why do I keep calling it Lara? You've got into my head then. But what Don, Brad Don Bradman Cricket is doing, which is they, that's been out there for about 18 months, and every few months they release a big title update where they change a load of mechanics and they basically make it feel not, not like a brand new game, but a, like a really refreshed game. Uh, so now we're going to be moving on to our special PSVR finale. There's fireworks going off. You can hear the uh, parade just going outside Future Towers. They're all virtual. Uh, so let's start off with Brandon. 
He asked, do you think... Brandon PS- Fuller, let's name him in full. Sorry, Brandon. It's Brandon Fuller from Facebook. Do you think the PlayStation VR will be as successful as the console was? Well, that's a grand question. I don't think, I don't think anything... No. I don't think in, in any peripheral ever is going to be as successful as the console itself. Looking back to PS3, PS2, or even other consoles, you know, it, it is the console itself is what is, is the catalyst for the peripheral being... And even strong. then, the PS4 has been almost unbelievably successful yeah. in and of itself. It's I think at the moment it's uh, the fastest selling PlayStation console uh, like year on year. Um, but then I also think VR as well as a platform people are understandably not too sure about it yet. And it's one of those things where, and Matt has said this on the podcast before, until you spend a bit of time playing games it, it's hard to put into words um, what it's like actually playing through those games and I think if you walk into game and you have to spend £400 on getting a PSVR headset along with a move controller some people are like that's just too much for me to spend at the moment and I that will put some people off uh, I think it shouldn't because it'll be you know they're missing out on yeah. well it's an experiential thing which is it's very difficult to to effectively demo that like normally with video game consoles you know since the dawn of video game consoles you've known what to expect it's like oh it's going to be the next iteration it's gonna look so much better be way more powerful um a game on a screen use a controller to input you know what you're gonna do and you and you're kind of aware of 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 what you're gonna get out of the experience to some extent it's just going to be like a souped up version of whatever came before um and vr is entirely new yeah as a peripheral it's not a console it's 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 and it's an experiential thing that um i mean how how you have to go and put on a headset to be like is this going to be the thing for me rather than be like oh it's going to be the new like shinier version of what i've enjoyed before so i know i'll probably like it and that's gonna be the critical part i think is 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 the familiarity so um, you know, there's lots of things that, that are coming out that are clearly clearly glorified tech demos dressed up as games. Yes. Uh, and, and they will have an audience, but in terms of it catching on in the long term, there has to be a degree of taking those IPs you like, like COD or FIFA or, you know, the things that everyone plays and putting you in that headset, but still letting it feel like the, the COD and FIFA you've played before. You know, if you, if you went, let's say, speculatively, let's say something like FIFA, if you just go in and you're just, and you're doing like training games where you're, Heading the ball into the goal. There is a game coming out, isn't there? With the headmasters, headmaster. which yeah. looks good, but again, that's not going to be a thirty-hour core experience for for these I things. I'm going to be co- working on my abs from now on. <laughs> <laughs> but for these, for this to cotton on for people to invest in it, and long term for it to be a success uh, to to the buying masses, you need it has to, to retain. Franchises. It has to remember. You know, you still need eight, nine, eight stroke, nine out of ten gameplay experiences of the caliber of an Uncharted. I think, in many ways. Those answers also apply to Sarah Louise Clifford's question from Facebook, which is, is VR truly the future or just a fad? And, you know, I it think... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin that question out slightly because we talked earlier on to Jen about Street Fighter Five, which is a game she's really excited at the moment. You know, putting aside the, the, the things about content, etc. Mm-hmm. For, for a series like that, if it was to come to VR... To be a success, do you think it would need to be? Do you want to be in the mind, in the head of Ryu and Ken? And how do you do that? Well, this is in the, the thing, way that right? retains the old school Street Fighter values. Because although it seems crazy to think, hang on, you can't just dump Street Fighter into VR. I think VR is going to be amazing, but it's going to need some IPs like that to do something creative to catch on with the masses. And 
that that and so you know how does that happen yeah so i talked to um michael murray who works on who's working on tekken 7 which is another fighting game coming very very soon um uh went to tokyo and talked to him about that and they've obviously announced that there will be some sort of like vr functionality in tekken um and immediately he was like um it's not going to be the literal thing that everyone is expecting it's not going to be you inside the head fighting games uh for me and and uh murray said this as well and i totally agree um for a lot of people, it's about identifying with the character, but that doesn't necessarily mean becoming with the, like the character. Um, and it's about how how do you feel immersed in the experience without the kind of literal oh you're in the character and you're throwing punches with your hands because that's not fighting games. That's a pop, that's maybe a boxing game yeah. that would work well for. But fighting games are basically. Um, a vehicle for this kind of intense kind of super fast crazy chess rock paper scissors like specific um uh detailed and accurate input game that you're facing off with someone it's not about slugging people in the face it's about the kind of the the kind of um tactics behind that and the number crunching and the and the and the risk taking and the the evaluations so i i don't yeah i don't think that fighting games iterations should be as literal and i'm glad that michael murray was saying we're not going to do that with this tech and vr mode it's going to be perhaps more focused on the characters that people identify with um and Street Fighter would be the same. I think it would have to be like a, a side mode that doesn't kind of compromise the purity of what fighting games are, um, which is something immensely readable so that you can play the game properly. I think it would become so muddled if if you were to have some sort of different view on it. Uh, and that that's not to be a Luddite and be like, oh, you can't completely like overhaul and do something in a, in a whole new perspective. Uh, I think that would be interesting to see too. But if they were to totally change it i don't think it would it would go down well you they're gonna have to get like super creative with how they how they do it maybe like a spectator mode where you can put on the headset and you can be in street fighter 5's battle lounges and watch oh, fights that is cool. somehow that is cool. um yeah and, and and sarah said this with her question as well about um she's super excited about having it as a as a second sort of yeah, tv screen. screen i think again that's going to be one of the the biggest things like the ps vita it's going to be something which is like oh this is an awesome thing that completely augments uh the experience of using my ps4 rather than like totally replaces it perhaps <laughs> uh martin bowell said on facebook i just tweeted yoshida with my with my suggestion to change the name of psvr to sony face station discuss <laughs> i mean there's nothing to discuss it's perfect that's perfect amazing I, 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 I Sony face station. I genuinely believe nothing is perfect in this life apart from that. Either way, top top comment. Yes, yeah. very good comment. Good um, content. One like from us. Thank you to uh, to Martin for that question, and thank you to thank you all for your questions, and thank you for listening. Uh, just to remind you that um, we have two other recent episodes you can go and listen to. You can treat your ears to. Uh, so I mentioned it at the start, but I'll do it again at the end, uh, which is uh, episode one two two covering the issue of the mag that is currently on sale. And also our Uncharted forecast. Ben, I still hate saying that, but it's quite a good pun. Such a great pun. Uncharted forecast. Got a side tire on this one, it's great. uh, Where Ben uh, gushes forth in in an excited way. It works. About (laughs) um, about Nathan Drake's latest installment. Um, So please do listen to those. Uh, Don't forget, you can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official PlayStation magazine. And on Twitter at OPM underscore UK. Any final words, people? Uh... Thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for asking us questions. Goodbye. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.